Hey folks, Joshua here. Thanks so much for listening to Fright School. If you're enjoying my continuing efforts to terrify the pants off Joe, please take a moment to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher, and please tell your friends about us. Get in on the conversation by following Fright School on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Want to be a guest lecturer on an upcoming episode? Want to submit a film for consideration? Got a question, or more likely a correction for me? Shoot us an email at info at frightschool.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Happy Halloween, Fright School! Happy Halloween! 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 Samhain! Samhain! All of those things. For those who don't know. All Hallow's Eve, Joe. Yes. Here we are. The night when the veil is pierced. Yes, I'm at the height of my powers. Children beware. Yes. (laughs) Joe, beware. You're um, very disturbed by the Halloween decorations. Look at you. The the supremacy is marked by glowing radiant health. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, you like my pet spiders? You need to stop with that. I don't know how you have those two things. I hate coming here (laughs) when it's Halloween. I know. Um, and I, I'm going to keep trying to get more of them because they're kind of. You need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop. So if right we now. just pick one up, you know, like tomorrow we'll go shopping um, at all the at the places. We'll take the morning off and we'll go shopping to buy all the deeply discounted Halloween stuff that's left. Yes, uh-huh. that's been our um, our after Halloween tradition the last few years. <laughs> And uh, so I'm hoping to find another spider in another color. Now we've got a brown one, and we've got like the frosty. Stop it! White one, grayish <laughs> one. Yes. Enough. I no. I will. I refuse. <laughs> I bind that with the light of Christ. I I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Uh, uh whatever. Uh, you know our dear listener and good friend uh, Eve of Inspirational Eve. Yes. Um, she once told me that the day after Halloween is a different kind of holiday because, you know, for Halloween, she usually, you know, her and her family and friends, they go all out and, and you know, I, they imbibe and, you know, things are fun. And then, like, the next day is uh, a different kind of holiday called Fuck You, It's November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that entail? Uh, it's a hangover, basically. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you got Halloween and then you got Fuck You, It's November 1st. Yeah, well, you know me. I still, I'm championing the uh, that Halloween, day after Halloween. I think they should be like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day or New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Like, they should, we should get both those days off. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then if Halloween falls on a Friday, we get the Monday off. <laughs> My parents have, like, when people say that Halloween is a holiday, they're just like, this is nuts. Like, these people are crazy. Why? Well, I mean, you know, we celebrate zombie Jesus. Well, that's the thing, is that Halloween, a holiday to them is, like, you have the day off 
for like a municipal government reason, a bank holiday, or something related to Christianity. Christianity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just getting on board with like Jewish holidays. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I see that. But yeah, no, I really do. I think if nothing else, at least the day after Halloween should be a national holiday. We everything should shut down. Exactly. And speaking of Jewish holidays, and speaking of our our friends, the our friends the Jews, Joshua, why is today? Different from any other day. I don't know why, Joe. Because it's our anniversary. Oh, right. <laughs> did you forget? I did not forget. What is this? Four years. We've been doing this for years? four years. <laughs> four hundred years. Eighty-four years <laughs> that I can still smell the fresh paint uh, in the uh, West Craven Memorial Library. Yes, exactly. Yes. There was, I don't know. The tomes had not yet gathered the dust <laughs> of the ages. The pops had not yet been opened. They had not, they had not yet piled to the ceiling yes. as they are now. It was called the Ship of Screams. Right. <laughs> and it was. It really was. It really was. It really was. Did we do it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, happy anniversary, Joe. Happy Fright School anniversary. Happy Fright School anniversary. Yeah, Are we in remedial? I feel like I should get like it's four years. I should get like some sort of degree, right? I know, but <laughs> where's my certificate? Where's my Where's my advanced degree? Where's my IB in horror? You know, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Have you earned it yet? I, uh, I mean, you no. did try to assault Mick Garrett. Like, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> assault Mick Garrett. I said you attempted to. I, this, I just said <laughs> hi, and it, he was very pleasant. He, he just was. he just looked at me like hi, and I was like, he looked at me like, should I know him? And I then know. he looked and saw it was like a large brown homosexual, and was like, maybe I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Anyways, no, point is that, yes, this has been, uh, it continues to be a blast, so we keep doing it, because yes. it's fun, and it's, I mean, you know. I keep telling people, the moment it feels like work, that's the day we're not doing it anymore. Right, hey, I like that, you know, and it's brought us tons of really cool friends, and uh, ex- highly entertaining Facebook uh, messenger chats. Yes. <laughs> Yes, all uh, of the... Emails all of the- from interesting folks that are all... Um, you know, thinking of horror the way we are uh, thinking about it. So it's 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 very, very cool. Yeah. So lots of freaks. Yeah. Lots so thank of, you to you, freaks. listener, <laughs> dear listener. Yeah, absolutely. For continuing to give us a reason to put this out, you know, putting it out there in your earballs and your eye holes. Yes. If you're on our Instagram, which we should take a moment then to also thank our uh, our intrepid intern, <laughs> our fright school, fright school, our uh, fright school interns, uh, Brian for the all the work staff. that he does on uh, on our social media stuff, and of course Ashley for being our road being crew. our road crew and uh, and uh, all around awesome uh, fright school final girl, literally with <laughs> fifteen U's. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, they they also really help uh, make this make this uh, operate. Yeah. So, and to you, dear listener, as well for giving us a reason. So, yay, yay, yay! All right, so that commence or that uh, that concludes the concludes the congenial <laughs> portion of our program. <laughs> the the kiki. Well, thank you all again. Self congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you all again in a year. <laughs>
Alrighty, well, so today is special because we're doing one of my favorite Halloween movies, Trick or Treat. It's come up on the show quite a lot. Uh, It's also come up in conversations outside of the show at different cons or with folks. And so I was really glad to finally uh, show it to you and spend the evening. And that is, uh, again, Trick or Treat 2007. Anthology film written and directed by Michael Doherty uh, of, yeah, he did Krampus as well. Krampus. Which will likely be our um, holiday. Scary Christmas, yes. yes. A holiday movie this year. Well, I guess they're also doing the new Black Christmas. Is that coming out this year? The remake? Um, Black or Christmas, yes it is. Okay. Yes it is. Yeah. So we might, we've might we got a lot of good Christmas horror coming, but for now, let's look at me. I'm, I'm suddenly like Walmart and Target. I'm bringing up the Christmas before we even get through <laughs> Halloween. This is frightening. I know. But, it is, but it's horror, Christmas horror. But anyway. Exactly. That's, and it that's does a different relate. kind of horror. It relates because, again, Michael Doherty. Anyways, so yeah. Um, trick or treat. Let's start with uh, your thoughts, Joe. Oh my God. This movie was great. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, you guys. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I have to say probably top three, top three of what fright school films that we've done. Oh really? Yes. What are the other two? Silence uh, of the Lambs. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Um, Jennifer's Body. <laughs> and Jennifer's Body. I mean, like I already pre-Fright School, I had seen 28 Days Later. We talked about oh, this. Okay. So, you know, that will always, that lives in a pre-Fright School space. But right. in a Fright School context, Silence of the Lambs, Jennifer's Body, and Trick or Treat, in no particular order. Have been your, have been your favorite films. Have been my favorite films, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, this Why? was this was so much fun. Yeah. And this is like, oh, like this is one of those like when like like you were saying, it's like I watch this every single um I watch this every single Halloween and I'm like, I think I will now too, because it just is so much fun and I just like how it was woven together. Like, cause we've done XX, so, which is an anthology, yes. but like, that was kind of what I was expecting where there's like these like creepy interstitials. Right. But and I, separate exactly. stories. Yeah. But I really liked how it wove together all of those yeah. different stories. And quite honestly, it made me think that this needs to live on a streaming service and be rebooted as a series for the next, for another Halloween. Yeah, you know, I think that they, they had a really troubled, like, post-production where it took a while for it to come out. Um, I think it was like a couple years. Oh, um, really? Yeah, delayed for two years. Um, so, I I think they had hoped that it would kick off sort of a franchise. And there's been rumors for years and years that, you know, a part two is coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um Doherty, you know, he just did that new Godzilla movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, as of 2017, I guess he had said that he 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 wanted to focus on Trick or Treat Two as the next uh, series or uh, as the next uh, film he would make. So we'll see. You know, I mean, the good thing about it is is that it definitely is perfect the way it is, and you can just leave it. You can just leave um, it. It kind of lives. It lives in its own world. Yeah, and it's. You know, even though it was over ten years ago that it was uh, that it was released, um, I think that it really still it, like it does. It feels timeless. Yeah, it feels really fresh. That's why it's yeah. like yeah. I almost always when I get home on Halloween night um, from work, usually I, I will get I'll probably get home 
I don't know, five-ish. I usually put on the original Halloween first, and I watch that while I'm preparing, turning on all the lights and getting everything kind of set up for the for the Chirins who are going to come and get the candies. Uh-huh. And then usually once that finishes, I put on Trick or Treat. And that usually is like just enough. I mean, because the, the Trick or Treaters around here are only out for like an hour or two. Uh-huh. It seems mm-hmm. like they, it's really concentrated. Really but is that quick. like at twilight or is that like right the hour right after it gets dark? Or? Dark. Okay. Typically. I mean, they, our neighbors across the way have a couple of kids and so they've almost always started with our house. They'll pop over, grab candy around like six ish 6 30 so sometimes it's still kind of light out it's been getting dark early though so we'll see you know yeah. i mean but yeah usually they come over grab some stuff and then go although you know again because we have everything out during the day like they came over yesterday while we were out in the yard uh, working on some lights and so the little boy came over and wanted to look at the spider wanted to look at the you know they were touching the gravestones and you know wandering about um it was really funny to watch jeffrey try to have a conversation with the child <laughs> He's like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> As the kid's talking, and neither of us could decipher what he's saying. And his father, Pontius. Like like Pontius Pilate? Like, yes. Okay. His, his first name is Pontius. That's how he introduced it. We met him um, two years ago, maybe. We were outside putting out... Um, putting up the decorations, and he was outside of his house doing something. And so he walked over to say hello and introduce himself and that's how he introduced himself he's like um i'm pontius um, <laughs> like the man who murdered jesus and we're like well we love you i've probably talked about that on the show before you have i was you like have. we must have you for dinner uh but anyway so he brought now they have another baby like the man who he didn't murder or him, condemned he, jesus he washed his hands of it he was oh, like but i thought he was like the condemner he was he was the governor i don't know i'm not good with all this he was the governor but never mind no, it's fine. If uh, This is a good educational point. Because maybe the next time he's over, I could say, do you know that you're wrong when you introduce yourself that way? <laughs> I can correct him. I would, correct. Like, I would correct love it him. if uh, you could correct someone's Christian theology. That'd yeah, be that'd be hysterical. Yeah. Anyways, well, we could talk about that later. Anyways, the point is, is that usually during the trick-or-treat hour, I like to play uh, trick-or-treat. You know, So I usually watch it once a year. So this was kind of fun to actually watch it out of, you know... Yeah. Out of, uh, uh, not on Halloween. And we did it in a very different way that we usually do. Because, you know, typically we're watching films uh, during the day. Yeah. And then we record. And then we record. And then this one was at night. I know. It was fun. And I was like, ooh, I love this, like, completely, completely pitch black. And it was good. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm very, very glad because, like I said, it is one of my favorite Halloween movies, and it is. It does have a timelessness to it. It does some things that I really love in films in general, uh, playing with time. Yeah. You know, Uh so the movie starts at the end, but you don't know it, (laughs) you know, so then it kind of backs up and backs up a little bit more, and, you know, kind of, it really plays with time, and you see, you know, in one story, you'll see characters from another story, but before they're introduced, like, they're in the background, or they walk by, like, at the beginning when the... um, the camera is like tracking the kid who's walking with the the bag. You're kind oh, of yes. pulling. Oh yes, uh, Rhonda. Uh, no, not well. Yeah, Rhonda at the very very beginning with her. With but a you pan. only see the the, the wagon. The wagon. The, yeah. But um, talking about what was his name, Billy or Charlie? Charlie, the rude boy who is mm-hmm. knocking all the jack lanterns. Like he's dragging candy behind him, and so the camera keeps looking up, and you see Anna Paquin and her little group of girls. They walk by. You see the other people flash by, and then throughout the other um, 
stories because they are interwoven. It's not like the typical anthology, like you were saying at the beginning, yeah. where it's all split up. They, the stories do go back and forth, but you don't really realize who's part of what story. Yeah, until they, until you know, later. yeah, which I like how it kind of wraps up, you know, and, and I think there's some really nice twists, like with, um, uh, shoot, what's his name? The oh, hold on, hold oh, on. Spoiler yeah. alert, by the way, because <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's been, it, I have to say that it was really cool to see this film, and I, I kind of made it a point not to spoil it for myself and everyone who's been on the show. Um, who has mentioned it or people that we've talked to, we've talked with at conventions who have brought it up. Like it's been brought up a lot. And so I'm actually really pleased with myself that I wasn't spoiled on. I wasn't spoiled on like the details of certain things. And so that's a whole long winded thing to say that if you have not seen trick or treat, stop this, right? Stop watching. Stop listening to us. <laughs> stop watching. Stop us. watching us right now. Uh, stop listening to us right now. Press it on pause. Go buy it, stream it, come back, and continue. You have been warned, because we're going to spoil the shit out of this, because I'm ready to talk. <laughs> that was That's very kind of you, you know? Yeah, because I thought it was great. Like, I'm, like, sitting there... Um, I'm sitting there, and, like, there's parts where it's just, like, I don't know if you... It was pitch black. I don't know if you saw me, but, like, my mouth was open, and I was just like, this is amazing. I love this. Yeah, there were definitely a few times, and then there were times, like, you know, you had your phone out, and I thought... Joe, I was like, Joe, don't be looking at the Wikipedia page. Don't be reading about it because I wanted you to be surprised. Get because, off them apps, Joe. <laughs> because the thing is, is like there. Um, so there's a couple, you know, twists in it. Um, one, I really like the beginning with Wilkins. Uh, that's yes, um, um, Dylan name? Baker. Dylan Baker. Dylan Baker. Yes. I believe it's Baker. Yeah, you're right, Dylan Baker. Yeah. Um, so, Principal Stephen Wilkins with his son. So he's like a serial killer. He he's murdering and burying these children in his backyard, and you think, well, I mean, I, you know, watching it, I'm like, oh god, he should kill his son. Is probably what's going to happen because the little boy is so annoying. He's like the kid in um, Babadook. Yeah. Like screaming uh-huh. out the window, constantly drawing all kinds of attention while his father's trying to bury these children in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, it's just so like the, um, not irony. Uh, what do you want to say? It just, it's just hysterical. It's absurd. You know, yeah. yeah, it's just so absurd. And then with his neighbor, which is played by Brian Cox as Mr. Krieg, he, um, you know, he's attracting attention from him and his dog. And I just think that whole thing is hysterical. So when he comes in, you think, Okay, so he's, so he's finally lost it, and he's, like, going to kill the kid. But then they're, like, carving the other little boy's head as a yes. jack-o'-lantern together. It's a lovely father-son moment. Yes. And it's, like, framed that way. <laughs> yeah, it's framed that way. But also what you said, like, before before we realized the twist, you were saying, like, I love how the kid is uh, basically styled as Chucky. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. With the overalls and stuff. And, and striped then, shirt, he's got red hair. And then I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then it just makes even more sense after the twist is revealed when he's like, I'm going to need your help with the eyes. And I'm like, ah! It's real life Chucky. Right. <laughs> and there's lots of that throughout the movie, I think, where they are are um, paying homage. Like th- that's that's another reason I really like this a lot is again, much like like Rob Zombie's work, where it's this synthesis of a lot of horror. 
You know, it's a yes. lot of different influences, a lot of different things that are all being, like Ryan Murphy, you know, in American Horror Story that are being siphoned through a very particular lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case, Michael Doherty's lens and kind of what he sees and how he wants to celebrate Halloween and all the horror around it and all the traditions around it all kind of being just filtered uh, through his particular perspective. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a lot of fun to kind of like look at that. And again, I mean, I've not read any interviews or anything like that where it was very particular like where he's like oh yeah totally styled that kid like chucky thought that'd be fun um but it just it's it's there whether he intended it or not you know it's just unavoidable the way the kid looks at you know if you if you really pay attention you're like with the overalls and the striped shirt and the red hair hair, it's just it's perfect you know it's just and then the menacing with the knife and all of that at at the very twist yeah yeah um other twists well then we realize that he's the he's the kind of vampire stalker yeah, who's showing up in the in the other story? Yeah, he's showing up uh, in this other story um, again. Dylan Baker's uh, Wilkins character, who I thought that they did a good job covering that up, you know, because of he has like that mask and the teeth that you know, because he has a he has a very particular looking mouth. Yes, and so it's like it's very easy to give that away too soon. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so I, th- I think that they did a good job because I remember watching it for the first time and I watched it back then, um, like 2008, I think is the first time I saw it at a friend's uh, house. They had the DVD um, and we, I didn't have like a smartphone to like look up <laughs> Wikipedia articles, you know, so it's like I really yeah. went in and just absorbed it as it came. And I was like, this is awesome. And like immediately, like the next day watched it again, because I just was like, okay, now I have to look for all these, the little clues and the pieces, you know? And then every time I watch it, like something else will pop up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It was so good. Um, Werewolves. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. That was great. Uh, Anna Paquin, obviously we need to give her more things to do. Um, (laughs) Right, because like, she picked up True Blood, the thing, right after this. So I, I liked how in the entire time, throughout their conversations, like when they're talking about, like when they're getting ready and um, at the costume store and all of that, it, it, I think I'm like, okay, it's it's fairly obvious that they're not talking about having sex. <laughs> like, I, I thought that was, like, really interesting. Like, I, I knew something was coming there. I've seen enough horror to know that, like, you know, I ha- we were dressed as sailors, and then I had a sailor. And I'm like, yeah, because you ate them, probably. So I had a, I had an idea that maybe they were werewolves and then when and then it was made it was kind of cemented when she said that, you know, Lauren's the run of the litter, or whatever her name is. Um, but I did love the idea of she's Little Red Riding Hood, but she's the wolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that was great. And then the playing hard to get stuff, like, all of that was really good. But the transformation scene was so good. And, I, I mean, that's my favorite kind of werewolf transformation. It's when you when it's like they're shedding the skin cause, and, and not, and just the visual alone is really, um, really fantastic. But the, like that concept of like, it's the skin that is the mask. Like their true form is the wolf. Right. And it's the skin is the costume. And yeah. when the way they shed that, it's like, it, it, it reinforces that thing. Yeah. They're peeling it off. They peel their like arms off like gloves and their legs off like boots. You yeah. Know, they were, when, when she like cut into her back and yeah. like, was like she was unzipping herself. I was like, oh, this is so good. I think I'm by now. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, because it is. It's very, it's interesting because you had made. 
made a comment like when they were dancing before the reveal, like uh-huh. how male gazy it is. It was a little male gazy, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And um, but I like it because in this instance, even though, yeah, absolutely, like men watching it, like yes, these are some very beautiful young women that are dancing, and of course, getting nude. But then they start ripping their skin off, and it becomes this like it's no longer sexy at all. You know, yeah, it loses yeah. all of that, you know, um, to, you know, I think to, to some extent, unless you find werewolves sexy, uh, because they maybe become, you do. they're very, very monstrous looking werewolves. They remind me of the ones in American Werewolf in London. Yes. Uh-huh. Very beastie creature, you know, gross, you know, they're slobbering everywhere and, you know, they're these big just ugly looking wolves, you know? So it kind of, it, it yeah. twists, it turns really quickly. And yeah. then you realize, oh my gosh, they're the, they're the werewolves. They're the, re- they're the predators. Yeah. And I thought that twist was also really satisfying where not only, not only like we didn't, not only did we see like this, like vampire person, you know, kill a woman and then, you know, leave her for dead on the street. Right. But then it's satisfying because it's like, he ends up being the one that's hunted and he thought it's a reversal of the power. Right. So it's just like, I, th- you think that you're <laughs> yeah. the prey and the predator. And when in actuality it was little red that had you cornered the entire time, exactly where she wanted you. Exactly. Yeah. Lori, that's Anna Paquin's yes, um, Lori. character. Lori dresses red riding hood. Yeah. It's just perfect. Cause she just looks like this sweet, innocent girl. And the yeah. whole time she's looking for her first kill. Mm-hmm. And then when I, <laughs> and I think I mentioned to you, I thought about, I was like, is her being named Lori just an homage to Lori Strode? And you know how Lori Strode is like also that kind of like quote unquote outsider of the cool girls, right? Which we see in the original Halloween. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but again, because it's such a Halloween based flick that I, I could I could not ignore that specifically and especially like when it's played by a name like Anna Paquin you know it's yeah well again I mean who knows it could absolutely be intentional it could be incidental it could be subconscious you know or unconscious you know that he called her that without really thinking but you're right because she is like all the other girls are very um, their outfits are very sexy they're like they are like the the girls in Halloween you know where they're Mm -hmm. you know their goal is to you know get their get their boyfriend and have some fun on Halloween where Lori yeah. is just like, I just kind of, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm babysitting. Eh? Right. Yeah. I'm trying to know. make some money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then she ends up being, you know, she ends up, you know, being a fierce fighter. You know, yeah. she, she, well, you know, she stabs with a knitting needle and then leaves in there. I don't know. You know, it's mixed, <laughs> yeah. but she does, she tries, she fights, you know, she fights back. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as that in that final girl role, so I think that that's not um, outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. That that's what's kind of going on here. Um, and then, of course, in the new Halloween that came out last year where Lori, where Jamie Lee Curtis is replacing Michael in some scenes, mm-hmm. you know, where she's standing outside the classroom or she's on the, you know, I don't know. I I kind of like that. Not not that that really has much to do with trick or treat, but playing with that imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think is not uh, outside. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was wondering because watching it again and then with you being kind of hyper aware that you had not seen it before, part of me wishes that we would have never mentioned werewolves at all. Yeah. Like in conversations, because mm-hmm. I'm curious if you would have picked up. Because when I'm sitting there and listening to their dialogue again, I'm like, oh my God, it's kind of, it's really obvious that they're the werewolves. 
you know, just with the run of the litter thing and, you know, how they're talking about, yeah, we're going to blow your house. Like they make comments throughout that are very wolf, which is culture related, which is fine for me. Like it was, it was fine for me. Like I kind of, I expect I, I, the moment they started talking, I'm like, Oh, I, I know where this is going. But what still was satisfying was just like, not, not seeing how it ended up getting there. So like, most sometimes like occasionally I'll just like, I will spoil a movie for myself, but I'll still go and see it because it's like, I want to see how it is that they get there. Yeah. And that to me is just also how those pieces connect is still just as satisfying. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like if I had never known anything about the worlds, I would have thought that the conversations were innocuous, but it's just, it was, it, it was played off so well in certain parts. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I re- that was I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it a lot, and I can see why it's come up a lot because it's such a great like, it's such a great like way to portray we- like werewolves. So so it's like you know it's an all female right. like pack coven of werewolves, and then here they are, you know. A- a- seeing it in that way and how we've talked about it in the unit that we did and um, in our conversation with Jacqueline Chesson yeah. about werewolves. And it's just, it's like, I, I completely love that. I love that a lot. Yeah. I, um, I, I remember being really surprised by it and I love their use of uh, sweet dreams by yes. Marilyn Manson. Yes. I, that, the whole scene is great, you know? And because it does kind of play with like, you're not sure. Like when you start seeing all the bodies around the fire, it's like, wait, are you know, if, if you hadn't seen or known anything about the werewolves, maybe you think, well, are they some kind of witches? Like, what's going on? And then it's revealed that they're werewolves. It's And like, then, like, they initially, when they're beautiful. turning, they're initially turning, it looks like they're going to be vampires, too. Right, yeah, because yeah. the fangs coming out, they're getting naked and all the blood and all of this sort of thing, and they're talking about eating people, you know, kind of... Casually. Because the girl makes that comment, too, in the beginning. She's like, oh, they all taste the same to me, and but you think she's talking about her sexuality. Yeah. You know, and she, she's, she's talking about so, that dick. Yeah. yeah. So there's lots of, lots of, um, lots of different ways they can be interpreted. Yeah, for know? sure. And then they're werewolves. So it's just, it's great. Uh, so I'm glad that you like that. And that was one of those, um, things like I didn't, I was hoping not to spoil, but you know, yeah. we kind of had had that conversation. It came up a little bit with Jack, uh, Jacqueline in the, um, in, in, in our uh, interview with her. So they're very cool. It's 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 yeah. a cool little uh, set of vampire uh, werewolves. <laughs> um, those kids who played that trick on Rhonda, which <laughs> got theirs. I know they did. They got theirs. I, and I, and it's uh, it, that's an interesting trope too, as well. The idea that like you know. There was the ringleader, which was the the older girl, the white girl. Yeah, I thought it was funny because she's dressed as an angel. Yeah, and she's, you know, her mask also was very similar to, like, the killer's mask in uh, Happy Death Day. Um, yeah, it's very, yeah. Very it's similar. Very creepy. But um, the thing about, the thing that's also funny to me is the trope that, like, you know, because they went along with it, they are also they're also the people who the kids that were with them even though they went along with it they're also the ones that are getting it too you know because it's like it's not their idea but because they're complicit they receive the comeuppance they receive you know Mm -hmm. they also get terrorized by those children yeah which is very interesting you know there's like a, a story um that I kind of, I wonder if it was, is if that's kind of where he pulled this from, you know, about those, uh, the bus driver that looked, took off with the kids and like mm-hmm. tried to bury them alive. 
I don't know that story. Uh, but. It was recently in the news again. Um, uh, yeah, so it was this story in uh, 1976, the Chowchilla kidnapping. So it was this guy like hijacked a school bus with these kids on it with uh, a couple of his friends. His name was Frederick Woods. Uh, he... This was in yeah seventy six. Uh, he wants parole now. He's in he's in jail um, with along with his brothers Richard and James. So or not his brothers, just they were brothers Richard and James uh, Schoenfeld. Um, anyway, so this was in Dairyland Elementary School in California. So they hijacked the bus, kidnapped every everybody on it, including the driver. Uh, drove it to a quarry. And uh, tried to bury it. They covered it in dirt and uh, put 45 kilogram industrial batteries on top of it. Uh, I mean, look at the photo. It even looks kind of like the oh, movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so they got out. Um, they, uh, apparently, they wanted to ransom the hostages for $5 million. That was the, that was the goal. Uh, but they, the kids and the bus driver escaped, made it to a... Um, uh, police station on foot and you know blah 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 the rest they got arrested and all that stuff there's pictures of like the survivors and um, I guess they're probably gonna appear in court to maybe testify because they have like post-traumatic disorders well, and, yeah, and things like course. that um, so anyways I I'm it's kind of too much of a coincidence not to have been sort of inspired partially by, by that, that kind yeah. of idea Um I don't know. It's a very, that whole part of the story with like the driver doing it at like the behest of the parents, Mm -hmm. I always found, I don't know. It's very, I don't know. brings up a lot of (laughs) mixed, you know, sort of emotions. It's very, it's like, that's one of those things where it's very like the other stories, they're fun, like horror, you know, stories, but then that's something very, horrifying in a different way very tragic you know that all because the the eight children on the bus are all you know intellectually disabled in some way you're not given a lot of details but that's kind of in you know it's implied that they all have like these special needs yeah and then they're chained up together and like chained to their their seats and then he's just gonna like drive the bus into the lake for all these kids to drown yeah. um, because the parents have given him money to do that. It's just very, very horrifying. And so yeah. I wish that I, I would have liked to have seen some of the parents, uh, you know what I mean? Like the kids go after them and not just the bus driver. You know, yeah. I mean, he definitely deserved it too. And that, and that's the other twist. So throughout the movie, you see Brian Cox character, Mr. Creel, Mr. Krieg, uh, Krieg, Mr. Krieg, um, you know, battling Sam in the house, but then it turns out like, well, he's also part of this other story that's been going on the whole time. You just don't realize yeah. it. It's like, and Sam's so just children. like, Oh, you know, you're, I'm terrorizing you. Cause you're not, you're not observing the traditions of Halloween. Right. But you know, the saddest it's, and I think that at that point that becomes a satisfying ending to that is that they're all, you know, way it, where it ends where he's like trick or treat. And then they, you know, they exact their revenge. Right. Yeah. The eight, like these zombie children that come out of the quarry. Cause you know, they're, they're part of the story with, uh, her name is Macy. And then Rhonda is the character. Mm-hmm. That Rhonda Trader, And yeah. Yeah. The joke on. And so I like that. I like how that ties in then to his story, you know, cause you're yeah. like, what is, you know, what, what's going on here other than like, he's just a grumpy old mean man, you know? 
yeah when he's like i'm like oh he's the he's the bus driver yeah um yeah i again like it's it's various elements of various elements of what makes horror horrors in this yeah like it's the, the you have the suspense you have the supernatural elements but you also have like there's also just no substitute for genuine human cruelty yeah and the capacity for um the capacity for people to be um you know to be inhumane yeah absolutely so, and and that's what i thought it, and that's what i thought was brilliantly illustrated with that story was yeah. just like, you know, you get the, I do love a good ghost story, you know, yeah. a good flashback. Um, yeah, I love the way that's filmed, those sepia oh, tones, yeah. and their masks are so creepy, the kids on the bus. Like, you know, it reminds me of um, so many old photographs of Halloween. Have you ever seen, like, those? Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, creepy, yeah. like, paper bag masks or just things that these kids made out of, you know, they just, they have this horrifying quality to yeah. them. And it also is just like they... They're also like they are already being billed as these monsters. So mm-hmm. it's like that mask is just the embodiment of how it is their parents view them. Yeah. And you know, and it and the thing is too is that like they're all they're all in they're all in it together. Like they all yeah. are there together and yeah, it's it was the prob- kids, you mean on the, the kids, bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids on the yeah, bus, they've but they've gone like, through this. Yeah. They've gone they're going through it together, but it's just so interesting that like they it's halloween and they just you know just kind of sitting there quiet catatonic almost right (laughs) yeah it's it's very very disturbing like that whole storyline but i like it because it adds this other element you know it adds this you know uh not cautionary tale because the the other stories are like that but just this little element of of real life horror of of, yeah of Mm -hmm the possibility of like what you're saying of like human cruelty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's one of like the, the parts of the movie that are just, it's very disturbing beyond, you know, the fun of Sam and his yep. like mm-hmm. weird pumpkin head or the yep. girls that turn out to be werewolves. You know, it's just this um, very serious moment mm-hmm. in it. <laughs> and Sam is so cute. I know. Isn't he adorable? Yeah. Like I want one of those, like I want one of those trick or treat Sam Funko Funkos now. Oh, uh, he's so cute. Cause he's I so cute. I I, do you, one. you might I have one. I don't, I don't know. think I do. I'd okay. like to get one though. I've seen them. It's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. He's adorable. And he's kind of like perfect because we've seen like, um, you know, like the Crypt Keeper or like the ghoul from Creep Show. Um, you know, you you often see that kind of character leading an anthology, the creepy dolls that are in XX, but not like this cute little child. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's like, how, like when you think of Halloween, it's a children's holiday, right? You yeah. think of it as like it's it, this whole. The movie's called Trick or Treat, so it makes sense that the character that unifies everybody that that is tied into the different stories is this like presumably a child who is you know going around and making sure that everyone's in line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that they're that they're practicing the holiday correctly and observing the traditions. Yeah. <laughs> I I did like him like sitting there with the lollipop as the yeah. werewolves were feasting. Yeah. And it's just like this is and you know he's like this is great. <laughs> yeah. 
Good job, girls. Yeah, he's the perfect like spirit of Halloween kind yeah, of absolutely. idea. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I like the character a lot. And then I like when they pull off the mask as this weird pumpkin creature thing. Mm-hmm. It's it, just... it reminded me of when we went to Knott's and we were like wandering through like a pumpkin. Oh, yeah, yeah. The pumpkin head thing. Yeah. Jack. But, that was really yeah. cool. And, you know, yeah. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm just because they made such a big they made like such references to like Sam Hain and Sawin and it being like, you know, this and why you do this and that. And it just makes sense that like little Sam is like this, you know, pagan deity, like maybe not necessarily a deity, but definitely like an agent of some sort to make sure that everybody's like, you know, yeah, well, it's very much, I think that that uh, Michael Doherty likes those sorts of traditions, like old pagan traditions yeah. or thing, you know, cause that comes up like in Krampus as well of keeping the fire lit and, um, you know, being observant and grateful less yeah. the Krampus comes. And know? then like, think about like the, the, the boy, the boy who gets murdered by the serial killer by uh, Dylan Baker's character when yeah. he's just going through and just like knocking those pumpkins. One yeah. By one. No, no respect. He can't even be bothered to wear a real costume. He's wearing a t-shirt that says, this is my costume or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And at that, it's like, it, it's interesting. Cause like you, you get those like reason for this, you know, like you have that, you can have that like reason for the season type of, uh, type of conversation. And it's not about Christmas. It's about Halloween. Yeah. 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 There's a, um, a reference to Halloween in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, Did Leslie, it was like, did Leslie Bibb deserve to be, you know, killed and her throat sliced open with, uh, a half eaten, uh, a half eaten lollipop. Uh, the woman and the couple in the beginning. She did. She blew out that pumpkin. Yeah. She needed to that that jack o' lantern. She needed. Yeah. She just needed to leave it another hour or so. See, here's the thing: she if she had bothered. just gone inside and fucked her husband, she would have been fine. <laughs> Is that the message? That's the message. So just go fuck your husband. Leave the decorations. See, and you, you recognized her. I guess I didn't really know too much about her. Oh, those two I recognized right away. Leslie Bibb is well, well. She's been in a couple things. Um, she was in GCB, the television show with Kristen Chenoweth. Um, she's also uh, she's also married to um, Sam Rockwell. She's Sam Rockwell's wife. Um, she's okay. her own person and her own actress in her own right. Of course. But, um, you know, she's... Well, that's right. She was in The Babysitter. See, it's, it's like... Yeah. yeah, she's in The Babysitter with um, with later, Ken Marino. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and the other guy, I don't know his name, but he uh, was... Um, he played... He was one of the characters... Uh, in Dollhouse, Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. That's right. Yeah, you were talking about that. He was also in Battlestar Galactica. Uh, looks like he's appeared in Supernatural. And those, like, and those two being in this movie, given the time period it was released, makes perfect sense because they were both having like a moment at that time. Yeah. So that makes like there. It's like it's kind of like the Drew Barrymore of it all, right? You're not there. You're not there for that long. You see how, and it's so cool how you they wove them into the um, they wove them into the different stories. Very like how yeah. they interacted. And yeah, because you see them walking around and talking, and- walking around and talking, and then and then Sam, you know, uh, sets his sights on them at the end. But that that shot of like right before the ending and that shot of Brian Cox right after he's giving the candy to the three little pigs and he's looking out <laughs> onto the that. street and he can see um 
Dylan Baker's son giving out candy and you see the werewolf girls laughing in the car, almost hitting Rhonda. Right. How like when it's all pulled back from what the original shot was and see how all of those stories are uniting. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those things. I think the word is, um, the word is like a sondering, which is like you, the idea that like you are a periphery character to another person who is leading this very complicated life. Right. Exactly. As you are. Exactly. So everyone is like, everyone had this like very like strange and wonderful Halloween, but they the only person that unifies all of them is Sam. Yeah. And he's kind of like over he's also overlooking all of them as well yeah. too. No, I love that. And you're right, because the first the very first shot is of like you see the wagon going across the street and the car stopping and then it focuses on, you know, the yeah. the husband and wife or you Yeah. Know, it's Leslie all focused and, on them and like yeah. you and then you, at the end it does pull back and it's the same scene, but you're seeing it more omnipotently. Yeah. You know, with everyone. And I and know. that's those are things that I love. I love when like when it when we're in um the Wilkins story when he's in the backyard trying to bury the bodies and uh you can like Brian Cox is there and then he like looks over him when he's asking for help and then gets, you know, and then he gets it. I'm just like, Oh, then to see that later, but from that story's perspective, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. those that, that's something in like, like cinematically I enjoy as well. Cause it's like, Oh, I love stories that are telling that go back and say, okay, this is what was actually happening. And yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. I love it. That's why I'm, and I'm a big fan of that. I like playing with time. I like when you see different stories from different perspectives and jumping around at, at, at different points in a film, I think is a really cool device and it's used very effectively here. Yeah. So yeah, overall good times. I was really happy. So we watched the, um, I have a, um, uh, trick or treat Blu-ray uh, version. I mean, I'm sure the DVD probably has these same special features, but I wanted to show you. So there was a precursor to this film and a, a really short animated, um, like a Michael Doherty short. like student <laughs> student film. Almost. That's what it feels like, but I, I I'm not sure if that is exactly, or maybe what it was. like you know like a proof of concept or something like that. Yeah, but. it's uh, animated short created by um, Michael Doherty in 1996. So you know, over 10 years before the movie came out, which features Sam, um, uh, as he's being stalked by this guy. But of course there's the twist, you know, that Sam isn't what he appears to be. And so it was fun to show you that too, after the movie, just kind of what that, that sort of, you can see the early idea of what the film could be, you know, with that sort of twist and it's darkly humorous. And I love the way it's animated too. I want more. I yeah. want more and I want them to start working on more because I I think that this could really lend itself to some sort of like really cool limited series, you know, like yeah. think about like, like a black mirror four part seasonal thing where, uh, you know, it, or five part where it's four individual stories that all come and co like, you know, coalesce in the fifth one and, I don't know. But I mean, I'm not, we don't make those decisions. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to tell Michael Doherty, <laughs> you're welcome to it. Yeah, I think that would be very cool. Kind of, you know, we're seeing that with the creep show on Shudder. You know, it's uh, obviously with American Horror Story playing with the anthology format. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get a new Tales from the Crypt at some point. Um, get that Tales of Crypt. I but mean, if, if nothing else, I think you're right. I think this would make a great 
This is a really series. great series, and I and it's like I already kind of want to. I can't wait to watch it again on Halloween. Yeah, it's a um, lot of fun. So. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch. Maybe I'll watch it with my parents. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's fun. Again, it's not. It's not too difficult to digest. You know, there's yeah. there's violence, but it's not too uh, gratuitously torturous. You know, yeah, not too. Well, yeah. not too. <laughs> uh, you know, definitely, you know, uncomfortable scenes and, and such to watch, but um, it all, I, I like, it's very much in that tradition of Tales of the Crypt and other, you know, types of stories like that where, um, you know, everybody gets their comeuppance, you know, the bad people get it. Um, it's all so. cautionary. Yes, yes. So make sure to put your jack-o'-lanterns out, folks. Yes, do it. Uh, I will recommend, again, uh, there's a great Tales of Mayhem, Mystery, and Mischief, Trick or Treat. It's sort of the making of uh, Trick or Treat. It's this uh, book that came out uh, a few years ago. Uh, It's filled not only with... information about making the movie but tons of like really cool Halloween trivia and lore and it has all these different pullouts of uh, you know of like stickers and uh, there's these forms for making um, jack-o'-lanterns uh, wow! Uh, yeah, it's it's really really neat. It has like it's a little fun little book pull out costume sketches and uh you know, lots of concept art for it. Lots of explaining the different um, sections of the of the film, the different stories, uh, designs of Sam. Um, here you can see <laughs> all these different. It's like very his, cool. His whole head. Uh, yeah, it's really really neat. And I think I picked it up at Barnes and Noble. I think it was even on sale, so you could probably find a pretty um, cheap copy of it. Uh, but it's uh, it's really 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 cool. Just a deep dive if you like trick or treat and have not. Uh, uh, read this, so it's written by John Griffin. Introduction by D- Michael Doherty, and a uh, a forward by uh, Brian Singer. Although I'm not sure that's a great. Uh... <laughs> it was a different time, right? It was. Well, yeah, because Michael Doherty worked on I think uh, X Men Two. Yeah, I think writing. So he and Brian Singer have that sort of relationship. Was a different time. Right. Um, although they're probably still working together. I don't know. I no comment to that. I'm just talking about trick or treat here. We're yes, in, we're in 2007 thinking about that right now <laughs> anyway so strongly uh, recommend then joe absolutely formative yay. text yay love it all righty well specifically about halloween exactly yeah specifically about halloween yeah. but very formative text absolutely 100 percent. top three love it well again dear listener we hope that you have had the happiest of halloweens um get lots of candy scare people have a good time I don't know yeah. what else. Happy anniversary, Joshua. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Joe. <laughs> Bye. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Listening to the Geekscape Network. 